0: Hey there Sean Hey
1: Pierce, how's it going?
0: It's pretty okay
1: Alright, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay Podcast Let's do it Let's start the
0: show I
2: go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired Yeah, I'm just tired and bored with myself Hey there baby I could feel it's just a little help
1: You can't start a fire Alright. Uh... we're we're coming to you on a a monday No, we put out on tuesdays now uh we're off to a great start so maybe i should just go ahead and punt it to you pierce since i think you are are bringing us our topic this week
0: well well i am and uh i'm i'm pretty proud this week uh not not of myself for bringing the topic but that i picked a topic that's so uh unnerved or captured the two of you that Everybody did some 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 research, which is I uh, I don't know about YouTube, but it's a skill that I've I've always employed. But I think I, I really hit my peak uh, in in the College of Arts and Sciences when when <laughs> my job was to you know really read things and be analytical of and bringing those skills to everything I, I, I do. And I, I find that that those uh you know bleed over well into the real world. But apparently per William McGurn, that is a figment of my imagination. And I'm actually not even employed. I, I'm just this is total a figment.
1: Yeah. So um I, I'll I'll pull the curtain back a little bit and, and say that this is gonna be our hundred and ninety second episode. This is maybe the fourth time I've done anything that could qualify as research for a podcast. That's how fired up I got about this. So yeah. So William McGurn, uh, as you mentioned, uh, is a fellow who writes uh, an editorial column for the Wall Street Journal. Yes.
2: Oh, the Washington Post? Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. Slightly um, different Don't bent. make
2: that mistake, listeners. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like Max did. Um, and, and he he wrote a, a column, was it this week? Was it last week, Pierce?
0: Yeah, it was September 9th is when it came out.
1: Okay. Um and and the the headline is uh is majoring in english worth it so do we want to get straight to whether or not majoring in english is worth it or should we maybe spend some time and uh torch this guy who wrote a really
0: i th- i think we article? should I think that two of us, at least, should should use our, our liberal arts skills that we learned in the College of Arts and Sciences to analyze this piece, just as we would anything from, be it from Curious George to Harry Potter to Shakespeare to Chaucer. Well, hold on, um, we don't do Shakespeare or Chaucer. Shakespeare, no. Uh, we do gender studies uh, instead. Yes. Um, oh, I'm I'm sorry. So yeah. we'll so we'll look as we would the poetry of Maya Angelou or the writings of Toni Morrison. Or uh, really, really, you know, you bring the same skills to everything. So why not to um, an opinion piece by, you know, someone who I should say, it might sound like uh, in this that we're attacking the author, but it's not so much the author here. This is this is a feeling that I think a lot of people have. So, you know, as you see with the people that he interviews in this this uh, opinion piece, um, this is he like any. Honestly, any column you have in a newspaper that's editorialized, uh, there is a viewpoint that they're bringing. And okay, maybe not David Brooks, but there are people that think this, and the readers come to it in part because they think that it is a truth, and they kind of want to see it spoken aloud. So I would, I would say that
1: I'm at least kind of attacking the writer. I mean, really, that's, what I want to do fine. is attack the the incredibly lazy and bad premise. But even before we delve into, like, what he said, uh, you know, how he makes his argument that the English and humanities fields of study are bad investments, I just, like, you know, I know we should be focusing on the content of the message as opposed to the medium. But when you hit the power trio of uh, repressive tolerance... Uh, English's decline into the epiphenomena of popular culture and identity politics uh, and studying Harry Potter instead of Chaucer. It's really how you know you're reading something by a guy who used to work for National Review and write speeches for George W. Bush.
0: Ah, yeah, I don't think uh, I, I don't think that George W. Bush read Chaucer or or <laughs> Shakespeare, and the current president might not be able to read. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'll, I'll take that. And you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned that that word investment, and that's going to come up a lot here. Which is, I, I don't know about you, Max, but investment feels a really way to describe a really odd way to describe an education. Right. That is exactly
2: what I wanted to jump into because this is in the Wall Street Journal, which I typically associate with like investing and money. Mm-hmm. And the article cites a bunch of statistics around like essentially your return on investment of going to college. Mm-hmm. But, but in this article specifically, they definitely conflate the value returned in terms of earnings over a career with the value as a human being. And it's yes. really messed up, because it's yeah. not just one thing to be like, hey, statistically, as an English major, you'll make less than an engineer. Like, that's a statement. That's probably true. Sure. This this article isn't that. So I <laughs> need to clarify, this, this goes very much into, like, the value of a human, and that if you're just reading Harry Potter for four years, you're worthless. It's pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friendly neighborhood social science major, hi, I studied econ, uh, which isn't actually STEM, uh, like... I have no illusions that my salary is going to be higher than someone, like, than Kevin, who is extremely technically skilled. I don't do a job that requires that kind of skill. I'm getting a graduate degree in journalism. Like, I I understand the monetary return that I'm getting on my investment, but, like, it's wild. That yeah. just that and we've reached a I point think, where money is the only prism through which some like, people can look at something like going to college.
2: Yeah, but I feel like this article takes the money and then like uses it as proof right. to suggest mm-hmm. that like your four years were were wasted exactly, and that as a human you're worse for it. Which is really the part that's like again, if it were just on its face as like an article about money, it'd be a totally different story. But it's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah and and I'd say two things just um, it just kind of like right off the the jump there in, in they're measuring the money and they they do this this bank rate study which I looked at a little bit um, and it's kind of misleading because it looked at 162 college uh, majors. And I just want to say that, first off, they they kind of attack this English major because the median income there is $47,800. Now, the median for all is $55,000, all 162 majors. So while that might be at the bottom, that means that there's some really tremendous kind of uh, range on either side. Um, And I would add that the other thing is the median household income in america as of i believe it was 2019 or 2018 i was looking at the federal reserves numbers was sixty three thousand dollars. so i mean if you have a household with two people who are working even if you have this english degree you're still doing pretty well you're probably going to be above the median household even if you have a someone who is a drama major and they don't say if these numbers are straight out of college or when it's just it's very misleading to say nothing of the fact that does it does it account for how much you enjoy your life, even if you're making less, where maybe you're working at a university in Iowa. Maybe you're not this electrical engineer that the, the tag number says $99,000 for, for your income, but you might have to work in a very expensive place like Silicon Valley. Right. Um, so there's not a lot of controls here. And so it's really easy to float these numbers and give you a, a, a kind of a misguided picture of what's going on
1: so first i would say be careful because it sounds like you may be about to get arrested for having those spicy takes um but but (laughs) i was gonna mute mute that (laughs) but what's wild is that that use of survey data in this editorial isn't even the most misleading one there's also uh there there's statistics i i i there's some there's findings i can't even i don't even feel like i can really call them statistics they, because they they're are statistics, so statistics but you can
2: get statistics to defend
1: any argument sure <laughs> if you're looking for it fine um, but uh, there's a survey by a company called payscale which is a compensation mm-hmm. software and data company uh, that sure. says that uh, one in five so if they surveyed 250,000 college grads uh, Mm-hmm. Which, according to the Department of Education, is roughly 0.3% of the U.S. population with at least a bachelor's degree. So, you know, good sample. Uh, And one in five of their survey population who have a humanities degree uh, viewed their choice of major as their biggest educational regret. Besides their student loans. So I have three issues with that. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's not even their biggest regret. Nope. Second of all, uh, sample size concerns. Uh, I I looked at uh, the Department of Education data. Uh, They don't even consider English and humanities to be the same category. Those are separate categories (laughs) as far as the Department of Education is concerned. Uh, And three... Uh, what is the context? Do all of those people wish they had been computer engineers? Maybe somebody studied English and they wish they studied fucking French. Like this, yeah. it's it's
0: useless data. There's 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 not that, and and the other the I think the other thing is again we don't know when they're being talked to. I mean. I think that there's, there are situations where, and I have plenty of friends who, as someone who, yeah, I had a liberal history degree, I was a politics major, not political science. My department was very specific in calling it politics, because it's not something that's testable, which, you know, I, I think I always say, and it sounds snooty, but I think is really important. Um, uh, you know, I have people that were in similar majors, and yeah, the first year of college, they might have regretted it, but they kept working and they found something, so Uh, Well, I don't even have regret. They knew that they were in for a tougher ride. Um, And you have all these people now that are burnt out after five years. So right at school, they're like, it's great. I'm making all this money. But your mind changes over time. And the other thing, you know, Max, I know you didn't look at this, the specific study, study but I looked into. And I'm interested in your thoughts on this because, uh, first of all, 34% of the respondents said that they had no regrets. Uh, and then the number for the the actual study was twelve percent. You know that you your field of study was something you regretted, uh, but that that loans the student loans that they mentioned twenty seven percent of people regretted the amount of loans, so it was much higher. And I should say that um, it looked like about ten percent of people. So just you know probably within the margin of error of the people who regretted their study, about ten percent uh, regretted poor networking. So, I mean, this seems, I don't know, do you think that it's really worth it to highlight that 12% of people regretted their, uh, you know, field of study? I mean, within this context, no, I don't think it's really worth it at all.
2: I think, as Sean pointed out, like, you don't have the data to back up what study they wish they, do they regret going to college in general? Because if they regret taking out student loans, they may just regret going to college altogether, In which case, the data is totally irrelevant.
1: And like, and in any group of eight people that go do something, if yeah. if one person dislikes the thing you did, you had a great fucking day.
2: Yeah. Do you regret having Chipotle for dinner? One out of eight. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: That, well, I mean, to be fair, that well, one person has. Nor- <laughs> yeah, that one person has norovirus. Uh, and and it should be it should be noted here. I I, I think that there there's really the focus should be on student loans being the biggest regret because that goes into the income thing as well which is saying that your whole college experience which ideally is is a time where people get to uh, get a wealth of experiences and perspectives And maybe, you know, you go to a big college and there are niches that you can get into or you go to a small one and you get a totally different feel for how a community can work. Um, But the idea that all it is is a matter of how, you know, how much income am I going to make later on? Is this a good return on investment? That makes me really sad. Because I think it should be a time to to go and learn, and instead we're thinking it in terms of money. How much money will I make later so that I can pay off these debts because college costs so much?
1: That's fine, but have you considered that your ability to get that wide range of new experiences Mm -hmm. in college has been uh, ruined by that? horrible scourge of political correctness and repressive tolerance I mean just like on top of the misleading data this editorial is full of all of right wing America's favorite anti intellectual straw men it's just it's so bad it's it's Harry Potter instead of Chaucer it's why don't we study Shakespeare anymore it's gender studies instead of the great authors
0: like get the fuck out of here come on
1: you're not yeah, I, even I mean,
0: trying that hard at this point. I, I just want to point out also this this celebrating Chaucer and celebrating Shakespeare. I mean Shakespeare. You can argue that that the the people were actually at the plays, and I will say there is a, a you know in the Venn, Venn diagram where you connect with Chaucer is not that they're English, and not that they're dead white men of you know probably decent privilege, um, but that they were very crude you know these plays shakespeare really pushed the 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 envelope on things and and it was crude and chaucer i believe you know canterbury tales one of the first entries in there is just a really gross, crude thing, and I should point out: Oh, Chaucer! You know who who could read uh, when Chaucer was writing? Like nobody. Right. Only pretty much noble people and priests. So please, you know, pause with your celebration of a guy that was writing to a very small crowd and uh, also was not political. You know, was not correct himself uh, in some ways. And I just think that this is such a. I mean, we went to a pretty large, uh, you know state school so so i you know i didn't go to bob jones university i didn't go to smith or or wesleyan or anything like that um where where i think this is different but gosh this it's just such not a real problem and of course he goes this this economist richard vetter who who wrote this book i'm not going to give the name because it's not worth it but the blair bonnet talks about free speech suppression out of control federal student aid rising administrative costs athlete corruption and intercollegiate athletics which okay that one that one's kind of true but still it's like creating this boogeyman of the college experience that might not be even true and so that's where you get the institute for family and heritage fund and uh american enterprise institute and brookings institute they're writing blurbs for this book so you want to talk about just who this is for it's like this is imbalanced yeah but interestingly enough in terms of the boogeyman
2: of higher education, you mentioned a statistic earlier that was, what, 27% of of those people polled regretted their student loans. That's not mentioned in the article.
0: They don't give the the number and how big a disparity is, which is more than twice as many people regretted their student loans. I think
2: that's significant. I think that that's that's a separate problem that they're choosing to ignore (laughs) because the the studying Harry Potter is more important in this scenario.
1: I mean, look... Mm -hmm they're they're mad that we don't study shakespeare you know but they're also mad about political correctness and and you know what what's one of the what's one of the favorite uh sort of whipping grounds on that uh the usage of pronouns and and things like yeah. the singular they you know who used the singular they fucking shakespeare shakespeare like i i'm surprised this guy isn't writing editorials about how Shakespeare was a a commie political correctness nut job who is actually ruining American minds. And so it's great that we're not studying
0: Shakespeare anymore. It's like, it's so stupid. Well, and and, I read uh, that again, (laughs) going, going back to this, this idea of free speech, um, even though I think that on college campuses, they're beautifully intertwined, uh, action by students is not the same as education. What you're teaching in the classroom might, you know, support free thought and expression, which I think is great, but that is not... You know, professors aren't necessary There's this idea that like professors are out there like leading the student charge to to make uh, speakers not come. But a lot of this is students because this is this is an opportunity for for people, for students to really be in most of the time a very democratic act- atmosphere where they can act um, and they're using their analytical skills and and their. Thought And before they go into this messy real world, which all it's about is your return on investment and how much this decision will cost you or benefit you later, they're able to go and know this is is my community and I can have a direct impact on it in a way that you normally can't. So good for them for saying, I want to do this. The the investment in their experience in that community and thinking about the general will and good of those people – they're doing a calculation, too. It's just one that is in our humanity, the humanities, uh, as opposed to monetary. And yeah. Yeah, that seems gross. But then apparently
2: you wouldn't have bridges collapsing.
0: I, You know. I'm pretty sure is... you
1: learn whether a civil engineer can properly design and build a bridge before they're actually building bridges that real people are going to drive real cars on
0: right? Yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, look at the same time that it's such a, that one of the things I thought when I first read the article is there is still this idea that whatever you major in is what you're going to work in. Um, Max, you know, I think your experience is kind of typical of a lot of people that I work with is you have, you know, a real deal, I think, tangible engineering degree. Um, and there are some certain skills that are connected with that. Uh, but you know, I work with a lot of chemical and mechanical and biomed engineers. um, And you all are not working (laughs) in those fields. I mean, you're doing technology consulting. You might be doing coding. And I mean, what, you took like one class on something like that, if any? I'm I'm
2: not using orbital mechanics for the city of Boston. We're not sending satellites up in the next six months or so. (laughs) I got
1: interviewed and hired for my marketing job by two people who majored in biomedical engineering And the most technical thing I did at my job for four fucking years was excel in some real basic sequel. Like, it's, it's not, it's, it's so, it's frustrating. The number of straw men and just bad assumptions and premises present in arguments like this drive me crazy. They really do. Um, You know, I just, go ahead, Max, sorry, I'm I'm losing losing my train of thought I'm getting mad. Who
2: do you think this article is geared towards besides the obvious, which is the Wall Street Journal reader? I mean, do you think this article, the intent of this article is to encourage people who are 17 or 18, who are thinking about going to college, to maybe reconsider their degree? Because I don't think it is, but I'm curious what
1: you think. No, let me me read you the description. This seems to be like a column series. Let me read you the description of the column Main Street. Main Street aims to bring home the radical strengths and beauty of the American experiment, most keenly for those without wealth or connections. Here's the thing, guys. The Venn diagram between those without wealth or connections and Wall Street Journal readers are two separate circles 30 miles away that never even hear about each other, much less intersect anywhere. It's it's ridiculous. This whole premise is performative. uh, It's performative anti-intellectualism for the sake of owning the libs
0: yeah, and and I mean, just on that point, I, I think that you have. I was thinking about this today, kind of distilling what we have right now. Is we have one one you know one end of the spectrum that uh, is hopeful for a future that may never exist, and you have this end of the spectrum which is clinging to a past that may have never existed, um, and both are virulent virulent about it, um, but this one is you know, it ends up being very exclusive and it's it's very, uh, you know, patriarchal. I mean, I think this is aimed at parents who who have kids who, you know, might be on TikTok or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, my kid is going to just be an influencer. That's what they think that they're going to be as a, you know, in their future. And so I guess this is a way to be like, no, don't let them, don't let them go, you know, pursue humanities or things they enjoy. I, I think in the end, you know, I think we all have... The three of us have very different majors and I think that that has not necessarily had a huge impact well maybe max more so but has not had a huge impact on what we've pursued in the end and I think this is why this is so misleading an employer wants to hire someone who's smart yeah sometimes they'd like you to have SQL skills or R skills or knowing Java but at the end of the day you sit down for an interview and they ask you questions to figure out if you know how to analyze things. So whether or not you're reading Chaucer or The Economist or Harry Potter, if you can talk about an article or analyze data because you've got a nimble mind, that is what's going to matter. Whether you want to pursue a really high-profile, high-paying career or you know, you want to go teach people. That's one thing that happens in this article. You know, these numbers of forty-seven thousand eight hundred dollars. Teachers are not getting paid that much. So, what are you saying that that if you get a degree and you become a teacher, that you're not worth shit because you don't make enough money? That that is that's what wrong.
1: they that is what they think. Yes, absolutely, yeah. without a question.
0: And, And, you know, in that case, if if you're a person who's saying that on an individual level, you know, I'll come punt you down the street. Like, just just get out of my face with
1: that. It's aimed at the people who see the shifting of what we, like, what careers we value in America in the direction of, like, high tech and only high tech as being the good careers. And they see that and they nod and say, yes, this is a good thing. It's just, it's... It's bad, and yeah. you know one, the thing that I find the funniest about this is, you know, these are the people who are all about free speech and the marketplace of ideas and ju- all the marketplaces. Um, r- earlier this week at the University of Maryland, where I am currently a student, uh, some uh, some Westboro adjacent type folks showed up to uh, to protest uh, just, you know, general society today and to, you know, to tell a girl that she was going to get raped over the weekend because she was wearing leggings and to tell people that they were going to hell and to say that Wu-Tang is sin, which that's just wrong. Wu-Tang is for the Classic kids.
2: Classic Harry Potter haters. We,
1: we know this. Wu-Tang is for the kids. Uh, and they were met with a swarming crowd of m- dozens, maybe hundreds of students who just drowned them out. And it just it was such a it was such a nice illustration of the fact that you know for for all these people who are are talking about well, the market will solve it. When the market solves it, they lose. And that's what they're that's what they're frustrated about. That's why they want people to not major in the humanities. That's why they want people to go into STEM and only STEM. It's so that they don't have anyone to look around and go, huh, I think you might be full of shit.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I I, I do want to get to, to one other thing, you know, Max, you, you kind of mentioned, uh, I, I think with this focus on tech jobs and everything. And I just wanted to come back to that because, I think that there are changes going on in America You have a, a, an office Leasing company that wants to be A tech company right now And people are people have- with analytical skills Are calling bullshit on it yeah. um, But I think that that's an important point That they're changing economies too It
2: is, you have transportation companies Uber, Lyft that are calling themselves tech companies You have companies all over the place that are saying We are tech companies And so in the current market Tech is what's valuable And is that going to be the case in five or 10 years? I personally don't think so, but it is right now.
0: Yeah. And I think that regardless of what you, what you do is, is that it's going to always be, it's always going to be important to, to be a good thinker and to be smart. Uh, you know, if you're going to get a good job, people want to make sure that you're smart and, it you know you can analyze uh-huh. things and if you're given a task you can do it and i like to say you don't just you don't just do it you think about why you're exactly. doing it and why yes. it matters your, and how to your
2: your value to capitalism is what mar- the market will bear but your value to society is vastly different
1: yeah it's just it's so important not just to be a critical thinker but to to have a healthy dose of not it doesn't even have to be something that we would call cynicism it just has to be like a healthy skepticism and willing to quest willingness to question what people who are in positions of power tell you you know it's just it's the same these are the same people who in 2007 thought the housing market would never stop going up (laughs) like if they tell you that the housing market is never going to stop going up just like common sense dictates that's not true if they tell you... I once
2: blew a bubble that was a mile long.
1: Right. Yeah. Probably didn't. If they oh, tell you off. that STEM majors are the only way to have a happy life, say, I think you're fucking lying to me. It's, it's Or at the ver- at the very least, you have been warped into thinking that money is the only thing that leads you to a happy life. And that's kind of sad. But just like... Live the life you want to live. If you want to be an English major, go be an English major. If I could do college over again, I would have been an English major. It's what I wish I did. I'm one of those people with a non-STEM degree who, to some extent, I don't even regret that I was an ECON major, but I wish I had done something different. I wish I had been an English major. So, I just, I think it's important to find a path that you want to pursue and because that's the way that you're going to achieve that your potential as far as providing value to society and maybe that will help you find an employer that you want to work hard and provide value to and that's great and if not you just you keep looking but don't don't let some guy who wrote speeches for W and writes editorials for the Wall Street Journal tell you what to major in in college that's stupid the wall street journal
2: Thirty six ninety nine plus tax per month.
1: I we couldn't have ended in a better place than that. Uh, that's I think that's perfect. So we will uh, we will wrap it's up our newspaper. our uh, our pinko socialist screed and and move on to <laughs> yeah. Pierce's sorry. So uh, what are you apologizing for today, comrade?
0: Uh, the comrade is apologizing today. I th- I think I it will not be the music for the show. But I think I spoke with you all about my my going to my first metal concert a little a little while back. I believe it was doom metal specifically. I saw Neurosis, which they're just some guys from the Bay Area. One of whom is a, I think a third grade teacher, and he's just out there being lead guitar. And you know, it's really great. So, uh, so not not parrotcore, not parrotcore. No, I wasn't able <laughs> to catch right. that one. Uh, but uh, one of the bands was Bell Witch. And Bell Witch is a drummer who sings And then a six-string bassist who also sings And so they played an album pretty much front to back Which was a great experience Um, They also had, as happens at metal shows Some really cool merchandise And so I bought a long sleeve t-shirt Because I... I, Actually, I got it before... I think I might have gotten it before they even came on But I knew I wanted it and I listened to them I'm like going to like this It's a great experience Highly recommend Metal Show at some point um, maybe not Metallica, but, you know. Uh, so I have not worn this shirt yet, and I'm apologizing for that. Because I recently went to uh, the brewery out in... I think it's I think it's technically in Percival, Virginia, uh, of Adroit Theory. And I did not wear my metal shirt there. And that was a huge, huge mistake. Because Adroit Theory is a brewery that has some wonderful graphics and names their beers... Uh, that are very much in the doom metal vein, and so I missed a perfect opportunity to show that I am I am one with their mindset, uh, and and really be a part of that community by failing to to wear the shirt, and instead I only showed that I was part of their community by monetary exchange, and so mm-hmm. I was not in the spirit of this article, which is humanity over. Prosperity. So.
1: Okay.
2: Pierce um, is sorry that he wasn't perceived as being in the club. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know.
0: I'm wanted to be he part of that, I guess. He, <laughs> didn't,
1: he didn't virtue signal.
0: Oh. All right. I, I don't know I, how to do that, right, but I'm, I certainly would if I, I could. I'm
1: going to leave now. Uh, but not before we close with a big idea from pop culture, uh, which is going to be the music for the show this week. Uh, and that is old friend of the show uh richmond's own lucy dacus oh. now she put out a fantastic album uh in 2017 um, called historian and then she made music with uh julian baker and phoebe bridgers under the name boy genius which is really great and i i'm sure we've talked about it before uh mm-hmm. but also, oh, Historian was in 2018. That that one's on me. Uh, yeah. But she's been putting out a series of singles. Uh, I, I think leading up to a new album, she, she tweeted something about a, a new album. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be here soon. Uh, but I think the most recent single she put out is a cover of Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. And it is awesome. So uh, I'm guessing by the looks that neither of you has heard it. You'll hear it when you listen to the pod. Uh, as will all of you like all three of you i suppose uh, yeah. huh. uh, but it you know it's just like it's a fun uh it, it takes what was kind of like a you know kind of like a synthy keyboard driven rock song from the heartland you know the heartland of new jersey uh and and makes it a little more rock and it cranks up the distortion a bit and it's just like it it's it's already a fun and good song, and it's a cover
0: by a fun and good person, and that makes it better. So, Lucy yeah. Dacus
1: dancing in the dark.
0: Do you think that? Do you think that William McGurn is going to hear the the music and appreciate it? Because we have to send him this. He gives his email address. We should probably oh, send does? him the episode. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I mean, maybe. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I you, mean, I don't know if he knows how to use. Do the, you think the, the internet? Do you
1: think you're allowed to? <laughs> work like he ran a bureau for national review do you think you're allowed to do that if you also think that women are allowed to make music
0: so i, I mean I, I mean
1: you know we're we're asking the tough questions here
0: you know he'll let the markets decide that's <laughs> there that's we go how it'll work. all right uh, on
1: that note that is the end of the show you can find us on facebook or twitter at pretty okay pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com you can subscribe to our show feed and get every episode on your device of choice every Tuesday. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.